is next. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Maya Kerwin. The top stories. The UK says it is disappointed but not surprised by Beijing's decision not to recognize the British national overseas passport. The Secretary for Civil Service sidesteps questions on whether government staff might be affected by BNO non-recognition. And an infectious disease expert says Hong Kong still has time to wait for final stage data for the Sinovac COVID vaccine. Britain's foreign ministry says it is disappointed but not surprised by Beijing's decision not to recognize the BNO passport. Beijing was responding to the opening tomorrow of a UK program that gives millions of Hong Kong residents with BNO status a pathway to full UK citizenship via a five-year working visa. The SAR government followed Beijing, saying travellers could no longer use BNO passports to enter or leave the city. Robert Kemp has more. Hong Kong immediately backed Beijing's stance, accusing London of violating the 1984 Sino-British Joint Declaration. However, the UK has previously said a physical BNO passport is not needed for a BNO visa, and that Hong Kong residents with BNO status can use their SAR passports and still get the BNO visa. Hong Kong government spokesman accused the UK of political and economic motives, saying it would turn a large number of Hong Kong people into what it called second-class British citizens. The BNO passport, which didn't provide UK residency, replaced the old Hong Kong British passport just before the handover. UK government offered BNO holders the path to citizenship after Beijing brought in the national security law here. Beijing says it reserves the right to take further action, suggesting further restrictions for BNO holders down the line. Meanwhile, the Secretary for Civil Service, Patrick Nip, has sidestepped questions on whether government staff might be affected by the non-recognition of BNO passports. With talk of a potential public office ban for BNO holders, Mr Nip was asked whether civil servants would have to give up their BNO passports. About the, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the BNO um, uh, arrangements, uh, the Hong Kong SAR government has already uh, made clear the new uh, policies and arrangements, so we will follow up uh, accordingly. Uh, as regards the uh, civil servants about the, uh, um, you know, whether holding a uh, foreign passport or all that, uh, we just uh, follow what is set out in the basic law in the Hong Kong uh, uh, laws. Uh, basically, is that the requirement is that the uh, it, it's, it has to be a uh, Hong Kong uh, permanent residence. The Justice Secretary, Theresa Cheng, has spoken out against the Pathway to Citizenship Scheme. Writing on her blog, she said the 1984 Sino-British Joint Declaration had no clause that provided for British rights or obligations to Hong Kong after the handover. Infectious disease specialist Ivan Hong says government vaccine advisers can only approve COVID vaccines once Phase 3 clinical trial results have been provided. The government has placed one of its vaccine orders with mainland firm Sinovac, which has delayed the results of its Phase 3 final trials. The chief executive has also asked Beijing to provide vaccines made by Sinopharm, which also lacks final stage data. Professor Hung's Professor Hung, who is on the advisory panel for the COVID-19 vaccines, believes both firms will soon provide the data and Hong Kong can afford to wait a little longer. Overall, we have to ha wait for the phase three results. Uh, I think the phase three result will be very, very important uh, for the advisory panel to assess the 
the safety as well as the efficacy of the vaccine. Uh, so again, there is no rush for us to, to jump in uh, and we have time uh, and our health system remained very robust. So I think uh, we, we could afford to wait for the phase three uh, results for assessment. Hong Kong has also already ordered the approved approved vaccine by Germany's BioNTech. It has also ordered the Oxford University vaccine by Anglo-Swedish firm AstraZeneca. Meanwhile, Civil Service Minister Patrick Nip, who is in charge of the Government Inoculation Initiative, has said vaccination centres will be set up in all 18 districts when the programme starts, probably in late February, when the BioNTech vaccine arrives. These centres will run for at least six months, operating from 8am to 8pm daily. The AstraZeneca vaccine is expected in the second quarter. RTHK says one of its journalists, Nabella Koza, has signed the new 120-day contract offered her after her civil service contract was terminated last week. The decision to terminate came as an internal investigation into complaints about her reporting continued. The reporter had enraged pro-government figures with her tough questioning of officials, including the chief executive Carrie Lam, during the recent social unrest. The public broadcaster had initially extended her probationary period when it reopened a probe into complaints made against her in October before terminating her permanent contract altogether. The European Commission has reversed its decision to override part of the Brexit agreement and impose border controls on the export of COVID-19 vaccines to Northern Ireland. The move had threatened a full-scale diplomatic row. EU sources said the attempt to restrict the exports had been a misjudgment. The BBC's Kevin Connolly reports from Belgium. The European Commission's readiness to impose border controls to restrict the potential flow of vaccines into Northern Ireland flew in the face of years of Brexit diplomacy, in which it claimed repeatedly that avoiding such a hard border in Ireland was one of its key diplomatic aims. Extraordinarily, it seems the threat to invoke legal powers in the Northern Ireland Protocol was taken without consulting the Irish government. There was talk of deep unhappiness in Dublin. It seems clear that the European Commission's anger and frustration at falling behind in the race to vaccinate its populations prompted the sudden sharp escalation in what has been referred to here as a vaccine war. There's been a third successive night of street demonstrations in the Polish capital, Warsaw, in protest at new laws restricting abortion. Protesters chanted the number of an abortion helpline and carried colourful banners bearing slogans such as Liberty, Equality, Abortion on demand. The BBC's Adam Easton reports. Abortions are now only allowed in cases of rape or incest or when the pregnancy endangers the mother's health. Poland already had one of the most restrictive laws in the EU and opinion polls have shown over the years that a clear majority of people here opposed having a tighter law. There's also anger here too about the way this change has been introduced without a public or parliamentary debate and by a group of judges who are widely seen as being loyal towards the government. El Salvador has extradited to the United States the former president of the country's football federation, Renaldo Vasquez, who faces charges of money laundering and fraud. He was arrested in 2015 after U.S. authorities accused him of involvement in a multi-million dollar corruption scheme. 
The BBC's Candice Piet reports. Reynaldo Vasquez was head of El Salvador's Football Federation for a year until 2010. He was called by a court in New York to face charges that he took bribes in exchange for awarding broadcasting rights for matches organised by football's world body, FIFA. He's been banned for life by FIFA and fined. In El Salvador, Mr Vasquez is already serving an eight-year sentence on charges of embezzlement. The FIFA bribery scandal led to the arrests of dozens of football executives, many of them Latin American, and finished in the downfall of Sepp Blatter, the organization's then boss. Sports and tennis and the first Grand Slam of the year, the Australian Open, will be played in Melbourne in front of daily crowds of up to 30,000. The local government said strict infection control measures would be in place. The tournament begins on the 8th of February. Football. And with a look ahead to the matches that matter in the English Premier League, here's the BBC's John Bennett. After suffering a shock defeat midweek, Manchester United need to bounce back quickly this weekend against one of their old rivals, Arsenal. In a fascinating title race, United are second, just one point behind Manchester City, who have a game in hand. Arsenal are out of it, way down in ninth, but after some awful results at the end of 2020, they're now back in great form, winning five of their last six games in the Premier League. They also beat United 1-0 at Old Trafford earlier this season. Leaders Manchester City are on a run of 11 wins in a row in all competitions, going into the home game against bottom-of-the-table Sheffield United, the team that beat Manchester United on Wednesday. Meanwhile, third-place Leicester City is still very much in the title race, going into their home game against Leeds United. And champions Liverpool are back to winning ways ahead of a game against one of the Premier League's form teams. After a run of five league games without a win, four of those without a goal, Liverpool beat Tottenham on Thursday. But their opponents this weekend, West Ham, have won their first six competitive games in a single calendar year for the first time in their history. So it should be a fascinating game. And that's the news from RTHK. Rolling right along, John Denver. Any song right here on Radio 3. You fill up my senses Like night in a forest Like the mountains in springtime Like a walk in the rain Like a storm in the day like a sleepy blue ocean You fill up my senses Come fill me again Come let me love you Let me give my life to you Let me drown in your life Let me die in your arms Let me lay down beside you Let me always be with you Come let me love you Come love me
Like the mountains in springtime Like a walk in the rain Like a storm in the desert Like a sleepy blue ocean You fill up my senses Come fill me The Community Care Fund has launched the Living Subsidy Program for eligible non-public housing and non-CSSA low-income households to relieve their financial pressure. Applications are being handled in phases. One-person households can submit applications from now until the 31st of May. Old applicant households should reply to confirm eligibility after receiving letters. For details, please visit the Community Care Fund website or call 2180-6666. Radio 3. More legends on the way. Here's little Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band right here on Radio 3. Beautiful loser. 